0: You are listening to the Power and Pros Podcast, a platform that serves as an active advocate for Black women to embody their authentic voice. Power and Pros is a space of healing and an invitation to profess the power you possess. Come along on the journey and let's get into the show. What's up, cool kids? You're tuned in to another episode of the Power and Pros Podcast. We have been talking a lot about work, about anxiety, about how we show up and how we can use our voices, not even to just better our careers, but those around us. And so I want to bring somebody on that had a bit more experience in working in general um, than myself. And then also let me give some tips and tricks as she has progressed in her field, in her walk. And just to impart some wisdom onto us. I know you guys hear a lot from me. How I show up, struggles that I've had, which is great, and I'm happy that we're on this journey together, but I didn't want you to just hear from me and only get the struggles and the thoughts that I have up to this point. I'm still growing and learning, and so I wanted to bring on someone who I have learned from in my career, and so I'm super thankful to be joined by Miss Keisha Kelman. I met her at my first job when I first moved to New York. I was shaking in my boots and just happy to be here, was getting lost on a train and everything, And not only just at my job having support, but I felt seen. And I think that that is just so important when you're at work, when you see people who see you or could possibly see you to lean into those moments versus shying away. And it could truly just make all the difference for you and for them. And so, Keisha, welcome to the show.
1: Hi. I'm so honored that you thought of me. It was so great to see your name pop up in my my inbox. for this, I didn't even know you were doing this, so this is fantastic. Thank you.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. I, yeah, I've been doing Power and Pros now for a little bit over a year, uh, shaking my boots about that as well. Super nervous. It. But it's just been amazing to just talk about where I'm at, where I've been, to create a community with other women not even just in the city, which I think is amazing mm-hmm. and to just kind of grow together. The twenties are hard. So we're trying to figure it out <laughs> together.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. The twenties were, were definitely at the figuring it out type. And <laughs> listen, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm way beyond the twenties. <laughs> oh, so thank you for having me. I'm an HR professional right now. I'm an HR manager working at an advertising agency in Midtown. I've been in the industry for quite some time. Time. Most of my career was spent in HR. And um, I'm a woman of color. I'm a woman of faith that's been in this business a long time. And, you know, there's been some struggles, but a lot of positives and I've grown a lot. And most of my growth, I, uh, the bulk of my growth is because, you know, once I figured it out, what I needed to do in my personal life with my, mm-hmm. with my spiritual walk was when I felt like I knew I recognized my calling. So um, I'm here to just just chat and whatever questions I could answer, whatever support I can provide to our um young female professionals, I'm here, use me.
0: <laughs> Thank you. To kick off, can you explain exactly how what do you oversee in your role that's kind of a blanket outside of advertising, right? When we think about HR mm-hmm. and how should we be thinking about HR on the day to day when we show up as a resource, as a tool, and as a partner at work?
1: So I am the lead HR person for an advertising agency as well as a media agency. It all rolls up under the umbrella of marketing, advertising, mm-hmm. and um, my role in human resources. I am a business partner to the business. The I know there it depends on the industry that you're in, but a, the human resources department or the HR department has different meanings, depending on what industry, but for the in, all intents and purposes, the human resources department within marketing and advertising has evolved over the years to where we are the business partner for the business, meaning that we're there to support the human capital, that human and human resources means something, and especially within the advertising and um, marketing industry. And providing that support would include the coaching and guiding of employees throughout the employee's life cycle, meaning, you know, from the interviewing process, getting them into the house, providing the training that's needed for them, coaching the managers, coaching the employees, performance management, you know, sometimes it has to be discipline. And, you know, just nowadays, it's a lot of providing that coaching and being that listening ear for employees, just being there for them and being and also being there for the business, helping leadership to make the right decisions when it comes to the business and offering that support that's needed. We're there to provide metrics for leaders to help them make sound business decisions. We're also there to, you know, Point out things if there's a concern from an employee or you're here be that ear on the street to hear from the employees and to ensure that em- the employees are heard throughout the organization to with leadership because we're we 're nothing in a business if we 're not listening to our employees that 's the worst mm-hmm. thing any leader can do in any organization reg- regardless of if it 's advertising or whatever industry and i've again my career has been predominantly. Within advertising, within the human resources department, but it's very important to have employees feel like they have a voice. And you mentioned that before, Destiny, where it's, it's it's for me as an individual, I've been in roles within HR where I didn't feel like I have had a voice in the past. You know, and that feeling is not a good feeling. It, people want to be heard. And it's very important in your organization that you feel like you have a voice, but also equally important for you to get to know the organization that you're working at, and knowing where th- where those um, those resources are and what those resources sources are. So, paying close attention to that because you know we we perish sometimes for the lack of knowledge. A lot of times we say we don't know, and there are things that are right under our nose that, had we poked around a little bit, we could have found out. You know.
0: Yeah, I. I'm appreciative that you even mentioned the interview process. A lot of times I felt as a possible candidate for something that that's not a, a resource that's available to me because I'm not an employee yet. When there's, so, there, again, that's a resource that I have that you just have to plug into it, as you just said. And so that's something for sure. I want everybody to just put a pin in and note. And you also mentioned times, even in your role, where you didn't feel that, you, your voice has space to be. Can you lean in a little bit about that? If it was early in your career and how you found your voice in the
1: workplace, it was. It definitely was early in my career because, again, getting started in um, advertising in general. Before I stumbled onto this business, I, didn't, I knew nothing about it. So stumbling into it, you know, young black woman didn't really know about advertising. Didn't really know about corporate America. Didn't have parents that knew about corporate America. So mm-hmm. had to figure it out. It's a lot of trial and error, you know? And if you don't have, mentorship is important. If you don't have someone that's like, that you could ask questions to that wouldn't judge you. And that someone isn't, some, sometimes is not your manager. Sometimes it, it, it could just be a friend that works in the business, a colleague. So, and just someone that you can look to that can help you with sound guidance and how to, how to navigate complicated situations. Because one of the things about corporate America is that there are some written rules. Yes. All organizations, you know, should have standard policies and procedures, but there are these unwritten rules of how this corporate America game works that if you don't know it and you walk into it, you could, you could run it. Encounter a lot of challenges and not really know the root cause of the challenges because of your ignorance mm-hmm. to the business. So the, I was a victim to that. But the thing about me, I've found out was that I'm I'm always observing. I'm very naturally observant person. So I started to just pay closer attention to my surroundings and the people that I was surrounded with. And use your inner, we all have, they call it, people call it the gut, whatever. It's the Holy Spirit. I'm a believer. So like the Holy Spirit just led me, somehow led me to people, to gravitate towards people that had positive impacts on my life professionally that I was able to lean into and just observe how they were operating. And, And occasionally there would be there would be people that would come along just good people that would that would actually be supportive professionally and then and finally getting a boss that out of all the bosses that i had that to this day was a mentoring boss that actually cared that was real that's one thing that's challenging to find in corporate America, people that are genuine. And if you're looking for those genuine people that, to work with that actually care about you and it's not like they're not smiling at you because they have to, it's like they really want to. Once you find that person, hold on to them because it's it's very rare that you see that. You'll meet a lot of people in corporate America, but you'll get the sense of like, okay, this is going to be my work colleague and it's nothing else because you can mm-hmm. tell that they're not genuine. And there's a lot of those. It's unf- it is it's, it's reality. But you're, when you meet people that are genuine, that genuinely care, that that you know, like if you saw them outside of work, that they would speak to you. It's like senior level people. I met a couple of those along the way. I tended to pay attention to that. Like if I saw you on the elevator and we weren't in a meeting together, would you speak to me?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If I saw you in a train and you saw me, would you turn your head and act like you don't know me and only speak to me when we're at? It's very. It sounds a little petty when you hear me say it but it's a real thing. That's that was my that was my barometer that I used I used to to get hone in on the genuine people at work and I tended to gra- gravitate to them. And those are the people that were very influential in my professional growth and helped me to figure myself out and I had one person that gave me really really sound advice and to this day I always remember it. I think I was being told I couldn't do something. And then this person, you know, I went and I was speaking with this person openly. I was sharing my concerns and my feelings. And the person turned to me and said, it was a woman, really appreciate her to this day. It's many, many years later. It's like, sometimes you just have to own it. Never mind what people say. You have to own it. And if someone is telling you something and you believe strongly that you can do it, you can do it. Like you just believe in yourself. Never mind what they say. You're going to meet a lot of naysayers, but if you believe that you want to do something, you can do it. And this person wasn't a believer or anything like that. And that was, bef- I think, it was before I actually figured out like I had to get my personal life in order, my relationship yeah. with God in order. So it was I, I, a lot of my struggles, to be quite honest, transpired before I got myself all my troubles. To be honest, professionally, once I got my life right with, with God, it just turned everything around professionally for me, where I was able to look at things from a different lens and bring my, and feel like I'm bringing my authentic self to work. Because prior to that, I I was trying to fit in and was being told what I, sh- how, what I should do to fit in yeah. by people that didn't necessarily look like me, that people that didn't, that genuinely didn't have my best, my best interest at heart. And I was, and I kept trying to please them, kept trying to please them, kept trying to please them. And once I figured out that I don't care if they don't like me. (laughs) It doesn't matter. You know, that was a little, that that took a step back career-wise with that, because once I figured out that I didn't care if they liked me or not, I started to learn how to assert myself more professionally. And I didn't make a lot of friends that way because I was, I was way too honest And I didn't, I didn't pander to the norms of corporate America where I would, you know, the, the backbiting, the shady throwing people under the bus Mm -hmm. and all those different things that tends to happen in order for you to climb that corporate ladder. No one would trust you because they, you'll steal their ideas. I wasn't like that. So in retrospect, I could say that that probably worked against me, but it worked out for the best because I had to, had to pave my own path and I recognized that I, I, valued the role that I was in in HR and I knew that that my personal values were being honest and, and the things that I held dear as a believer, I had to make sure that I was walking that talk at work and I couldn't, that those couldn't be separate things for me, meaning I couldn't lie. I couldn't, I couldn't, if I made a mistake, I had to be honest about it. I couldn't treat people a certain way. I, I you know, it, it just, there was definitely this conflict between my, um, my beliefs and how I should be able to express them freely at work, which also made me so different. And that was a struggle at first, but it took a while to understand it. It was okay if I didn't go along with the flow. It's okay if everyone's going to some event that goes against your your spiritual beliefs to say, okay, I'm not going to go, even though everybody in your department is going or participating in an activity that everybody's participating in that goes against your beliefs that you would say, I can't do this. So it took me a while because in the beginning I used to just go along with it, but it felt wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It really felt wrong. So until I started to stand my ground and 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 be the be different and be that different person, and 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 I recognized through my personal walk with with God that it was okay to do that. It was okay to be the only one. You didn't have you don't have to go with the flow because everybody's going left. You go left if you know what's wrong. Don't do it. You said
0: so much that was so good because the game is the game like it's a thing and when you first hop into your career you really the game knocks you off your feet i don't know about everybody listening but for me i it took a lot to navigate okay like you said there's these unspoken things that i see every day like they're happening and i'm like well nobody's talking about this but this is a thing <laughs> so how do mm-hmm. i show up or i didn't show up yesterday and this is what happened but what happens if I do that again? Because I think there is a space of being naive that people lean into, honestly, when you're working with them. And they know certain pieces of the game you may not know, and they can play that up or play it down. And mm-hmm. so I have to think about that and the emotional IQ of figuring out, like you were saying, what managers are for me or other people in the building in general, which is how I got to lean on you while we worked together. <laughs> and. Just trying to see who really allowed me to show up as me. Who could I have candid conversations with? Who would allow me to ask questions when I'm confused and don't know what is going on? Mm-hmm. And those, those spaces are so important because it's you building up the faith muscle to stand out. I Y'all know we've been talking about Moses a lot because I just finished Exodus. And so I think about him in this space when it comes to work for me because you feel the call. You feel the call when you're supposed to be different, when everybody is going left and you know you're not supposed to do that. When, oh my gosh, advertising, I know a lot of, actually a couple of y'all that listen <laughs> work in marketing, but for those who do not, advertising agencies, baby, it is some party, there's some drinking. Like I've been like, I have a good time. I'm not even going to hold y'all. However, there are moments when I am like, I can't, do this, or I don't want to go, or I'm tired. There are times when we're talking about even your mental health or your body. There are moments when I'm like, I can't hang and do the the politics with y'all today and just try to be everybody's friend. I actually need to go home and cook dinner and go to bed. Like I'm tired. And there's a tug and pull of figuring out when you should do something versus when you shouldn't. When is the authentic debt supposed to show up versus when should I just, I got to do what I got to do and put my head down and go to work. And each day it is something that I'm still working through. Each, each team that you work on, each project, clients that you work with, all of it influences how you are kind of allowed to show up. And then you as an individual get to make a decision on if you're going to flow in the allowance or if you're going to forge your own path. So it's it's definitely a thing that I have to constantly go to God about and have my prayer warriors hit it up for me because there's really some days where work is tiresome. It's hard to figure out how to show up. And I, I think that especially as we work from home, I've been thankful that we've had this time because I'm in my space. And when I'm in my space, I perform a certain way. I show up in a certain way. And that's been able to be translated through the screen right now. And so I've been trying to show up in that way repeatedly over and over, whether it's camera on, whether it's camera off, to build up that muscle. So when I'm back in the same sphere and space with, space with people and are interactions change a little bit because we are in person when we do have moments to go out with each other again or to hang out as a team and all those things. I'm kind of standing sure footed on who I am by that point where I'm not as rocked by the politics or what everybody else is doing or if somebody else has had a bad day now it affects how I show up. So that's been something that I've been focusing on but it is so everything you said it is so real trying to figure it out what space your voice should take up in the workplace, to be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're, you're spot on. For me, it in the beginning, it was a ch- definitely a challenge because I was struggling trying to find out who I was. I needed to figure out who I was and whose I was. And once I figured out who I was and most importantly, whose I was, a child of the king. And once I, that required me to that required me to get into the word more. That required me to pray more. That required me to up my up my game when it came to my personal relationship with God. And because the, the word says for us to seek him first and his righteousness and that every other thing will be added. Because in the beginning, I was playing this corporate America game all wrong. I was playing it the way the world would play, it. and we're supposed to be the chosen generation, a holy people, peculiar people, a royal priesthood—all of these things. So that means we can't. We have to be uncomfortable in this space, and we're—and remember that we're called to a higher calling, even when we're at our place of work. Meaning, our light is supposed to shine even there. We're not supposed to suppress our light because we're at work. The Bible also says that fear is not of God. So we have to get over that discomfort that we have, where we would have to disagree with something that's going on because everybody else is doing it. There were so many things that transpired last year that I disagreed with on a fundamental level, based on my faith. Even right now, like things go on every day that I just don't participate in. I don't celebrate holidays, and they, you know, there there are some things that they just they have all these pagan practices that are common, very common holidays that are celebrated. And the job will celebrate those things. And I have to make sure that it's clear that I don't celebrate. Mm -hmm. I remember clearly when I first started it, I started a new job about a year and a half ago. And I'm the lead of the HR for that department. And one of my recruiters wanted to start a meditation group. Fine, no problem. So she commented after a while like, oh, you know, Keisha, when are you going to come and attend? And I said, I said, and, and I, she asked like once or twice and I didn't really get a chance to explain. I said, I, you know, I can't participate in that. And, I, and she looked a little puzzled. So I pulled her aside one day and said, you know, just can have a conversation, I explained to her, I said, listen, I don't, I want you to understand why I cannot participate in your meditation class. And I explained to her about my faith. I explained to her that the only meditation that I do it, unless it's unless it's biblically and scripture unless it's scripturally focused i cannot participate in that because any other type of meditation goes against my my beliefs and you know there are other there are other types of meditations that are based on other on other religions that i don't subscribe to so once i once i explained that to her i hope she understood because i needed her to mm-hmm. stop asking me to attend because I I was learning that she was the type of person that every ebb and flow that the world went with, she jumped on that. Like she wanted to know why did I why don't I eat meat? And I explained to her, and she was like, oh, um, but everyone knows that it's be, that you shouldn't eat meat, and like why why is that? And I she said something about the gas emissions, and I looked at her like. I'm sorry but I don't that's not the reason why I don't eat red meat often and I <laughs> explained to her the health reasons and and the fact that I have to trust the meat that I'm eating because a lot of the foods have genetically modified organisms in it. I don't care about gas emissions for for cows and animals and I I personally think it's a ridiculous reason if that's your reason for not eating meat. So and she looked at me like I had two heads because that I didn't give her the popular answer. You know so I had to get that's a that, that took a while. It took a while to get comfortable. It was another point of contention working you know, in the HR department, advertising. I had a boss that constantly got on me because I didn't like to drink. Constantly, it was a, it was a problem that I didn't like to drink. It was also a problem that I didn't use profanity mm-hmm. because everybody else did it, and it was just like. And I, and I that's when I mentioned in the beginning that I felt like there were times where my career was it took me a little longer to get promoted because i didn't I didn't play I didn't play the game. I didn't play the game the way that they wanted me to play the game in the beginning. And I still don't to be quite honest with you, it's just that I've learned I've learned I needed to switch i learned I learned that I needed to switch. Or eventually switch organizations. And if I needed to go to, once I hit this place where I felt like I was ready for something else and I mm. wasn't getting it where I currently was, but you definitely have to, it's, it's what figuring out who you are and whose you are. And that person needs to show up authentically everywhere. You know, I'm Caribbean, but I'm also very much into my American background. So, you know, Caribbean Keisha is not, can't sit in a meeting and speak how Caribbean Keisha would speak at home to her sisters and her brothers and her nieces and nephews. But neither can hip hop Biggie spewing Keisha (laughs) that grew up in in the golden age of hip hop of the 90s. That's not appropriate at all settings at work. It takes a while, but you got to learn how to be yourself at work, meaning that you could still, like when you know your audience is important, if you have this relationship, with, like I could speak to my boss and and use slang. It depends on when, how we're when we're speaking on a one-on-one basis. If we're in a meeting, she knows like there's certain things I wouldn't. See. Knowing the unwritten rules, I can't. It's hard to explain, like you said, because it's unwritten. There's certain unwritten rules that happen. For example, you know, if you have a problem with your manager, mm-hmm. I'm noticing a disturbing trend that's happening is that people. People of color, now that we're in, we're now going into this, getting really, really into diversity, equity, and inclusion and really making a, hopefully making a lasting impact and um, changing corporate America to be more friendly and more accommodating to everyone, especially black people, because we are still not, we are not represented well in, in, in advertising and marketing. We're still not. A lot of the roles where you see us show up at administration, occasionally IT and facilities. And we can do more than that. And the challenge is that we don't all come into the business with with like the knowledge of those unwritten rules. And we need to learn, we need to learn them quickly. And meaning learning the business that you're working for, the different departments. What's the performance management process? What are the policies and procedures for the organization? Mm. And learning and understanding that if you're jumping from agency to agency, that not all, no two agencies function exactly the same. There are going to be some similarities and some practices, but if you had a bad experience at another agency try to come to the new agency with an open mind and don't expect that you're going to be treated the same way. Like walk into that organization. Advice I can give is walk into that organization. Like this is a new venture. You're going to put on your new self. Like this is the new, new quiche, new and improve. You're moving forward and you're going to bring your best self there and don't, and let, try to let go of whatever baggage you left the other organization because of. And don't and, and learn about the new organization. Don't just assume that it's going to be the same exact thing from the place that you left. And don't allow that new organization to pay for the sins of the old either. That's like when you when you break up with a when you break up with an abusive boyfriend, the new boyfriend's paying for the old boyfriend's sins. Don't do that because a lot of times that's something that I've noticed that happens that where uh, something may happen that might re- trigger whatever the, the the situation was before but there could be a different reason mm-hmm. but because we had a bad experience similar to that before we already we were already making jumping to the conclusion that the root cause of the problem that you're supposedly experiencing now is that and that happens a lot with performance where it's like we need to we need to figure out what the performance management process is for the organization that we're at cuz that's where sometimes i feel like there's a struggle for us and i i'm i'm a victim of that where I didn't understand the process. I didn't understand like, what was, what was I not doing in order to move to the next level? It took a while to figure that out. And a lot of times I was thinking like, oh, this, this is because, and sometimes, honestly, I was overlooked and, and it wasn't even necessarily because of the color of my skin. And there's favoritism in, in corporate America. There is classism in corporate America. There's a lot of isms, schisms, not just racism. It's a lot of isms. And the favoritism, like it's very, it's a business where there's a lot of nepotism. People, people, if they have their favorites, will get, continue to get promotions. That person will continue to get raises and increases and, and their transgressions will not be highlighted. Whereas you could sit there feeling like you're working your tail off and never get credit for anything. Yes. And it's, 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 it's very interesting. It's very interesting. And, and, it's, it happens. A lot of, I'm sure a lot of us have experienced it at some point in time in our career, but that's where it goes back to us needing to learn how to play the game. Once you learn how to play the game, you could turn that game against them. If you don't even know the, the game that you're playing, how can you have any kind of advantage as a young black woman in this, in, in this business? It's very important to learn the game uh, the rules uh, the unwritten rules as well as the written rules of the organization that you're working at when you get that policy and procedure manual from day one, read it don't just don't just file it away, read it. go onto your internet, the internet for um site for the organization that you work for, read the posts that are there, read the information that's there. There's so many resources at the, at your organization that. Sometimes we don't even, we don't take advantage of it because we don't know. We hear about it. It's glossed over. And when your HR person is droning on and day one and you blank out and all you care about is, does my computer work? And will I get my first paycheck? There's there's a lot that we need to hone in on and take with us. When they offer learnings, take those learnings. If they offer professional etiquette for your first couple of days, those, those early on in your time at the new agency, take advantage of them take advantage, ask for mentorship. I should have prefaced that before. Ask for, do you have a mentorship program? Do you have a business resource group or an employee resource group, ERGs, BRGs, you know, all of those different things. My best advice is to bring your authentic self and don't try to fit in. Be okay. It's okay to be different. If th- something f- feels like it goes against your moral compass, don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. But we're trained that we have to climb this corporate ladder <laughs> and at any means necessary. And sometimes it's unfortunate when you watch some of us when we get to the top, and it's like, I've encountered some women of color, really high level women of color that I didn't feel comfortable saying, going to them to ask them for mentorship or any kind of advice, because I didn't really, re- I didn't respect them professionally how they got to where they were. So I never felt comfortable like going beyond the, beyond the the basics of the relationship because yes, yes, you're making all that the money. Yes, you have the title, but I don't, that's not, that's not, I'm not driven by money. I, I'm passion driven about passionate about people. I'm in this business because I'm passionate about people and my motto is based off of the word seeking him first and everything else will follow. The money will come eventually. That I'm not worried about that. It's like, I want to make an impact in terms one person at a time. If I, if I can help one person to make a difference in one person in at my job, that makes me feel good. When I'm able to sit with a manager and help a manager coach an employee to turn their performance around or help an employee figure out how to have a, a difficult conversation with their manager that's those are the type of things that i'm looking looking at when i'm able to speak to a, a leader that's not performing and showing true leadership and they actually hear you and actually you see them trying to make a difference and you could commend them and say like you are you're doing it like you, you you're you understand that leadership is not just saying all the right things it's actually walking your talk that's what drives me it's not about title and it's not about you know who who I'm aligning myself with because you know this person is going to yes it, that's important but it but it's I, it's important to have the right people that you're aligning yourself with if you're in this game for the right reasons
0: yes and i think that as we look to people who are higher up be it by salary, title or just having more comrades at work whatever it is it's important to look internally at that, because if we look at the outside things, it really starts to eat at you, and you really begin to wonder why you don't have, or why you're not in X room, or why you weren't tapped for X extracurricular thing, and that's a trap that I've caught myself in, and I think it was just beautiful how you even compared not making the new be the old, and I had to work on that leaving my first job, going to my second job, which I've had since I've been in New York, um, it I liken it to church hurt, to be honest. When people are in a certain church, they're in it to win it, they're volunteering, they're engaged, and then something happens, and then your whole aura changes. Your voice is quiet, you lean back, and it can alter your relationship with God. And I felt that happen Slightly after I was at my second job for a while, I started to compare. I started to want certain things that I didn't have. And I really lost contentment with where I was in this job that I Mm -hmm. prayed about, that I did a fast for, Mm -hmm. all these Mm -hmm. things. It wasn't a blessing to me Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was off of my perception. And so that's something that I wanted to kind of leave you guys with to really be in tune to as well. Figuring out where you're even supposed to be and having God guide you and that is tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and trying to say subscribe to his plan all the time. We don't always like it. Some days we feel like we don't even hear anything, to be honest. And I think it's the daily subscribing, the daily submission, the daily like, hey, I'm showing up, where you start to see the change. And I've gone through that in the past couple months. 2020, work-wise, was rough for your girl. It was really a lot of introspection. A lot of me having to, I mean, even relationship keeping and maintaining and building was completely changed. I used to just walk past someone's desk or you could run into someone in the bathroom. You say your hello, you exchange whatever. And I've done my networking for the day. And in the Zoom landscape, I don't have the opportunity to do that. And so the game honestly changed in the past year for me and how I showed up, how others were showing up. And you can really think about the favoritism as certain people are being called on stage for whatever initiative the the company is doing at the time. And I had to choose not to pay attention to that. I had to choose me. I had to choose what I felt I was called to do in certain seasons. And people do look at you crazy. They do. And it's a decision to not care about that. And it's a one that you'll have to make constantly depending on what situation you find yourself in. And so I admire when I talk to people like you, Keisha, because it, it is affirming that we're doing the right thing. That when you feel uncomfortable or when you're going against the status quo, that you're right where you're supposed to be. Because is, this walk isn't easy. And it's not gonna look like everybody else's, but the reward is on the other side. Actually, two episodes ago, we had an episode called Crowned by God, and it was rooted in James 112. And we just talked about our our crown does it comes from God. Period. Like that's who it comes from. That is who affirms us. And that's something I have to say to myself all <laughs> the time. It's something I have to remind myself all the time because. When you look outside of that, when I don't have my nose in James 112, the world tells me something else. Yeah. It tells you so many other things in my performance review. Ooh, child. My 360 Mm -hmm. is what gives me my crown at work or what manager I have, what project Mm -hmm. I'm working on, if the clients like me or not. And I had a lot of anxiety, honestly. That's why we've been talking about it so much. As you guys know, work has been a lot for me because I forgot that. I forgot that and I was trying so hard to figure out how to maintain in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of me being locked in my house for a year, and also go with the the change of the game that I was finding my footing in. When we were in person in 2019 and before then, I felt like I figured it out. I felt like I had made alliances, I felt like people saw me, I felt like I was I was finally speaking up, power and pros kicked off, and I think all of that together was me starting to take the steps to fully stand in who Des was. And then it changed. 2020 came and that it, the rules were different. And there were more unspoken rules that I couldn't even see other people play out because we're all at home. And so I forgot where my crown came from when it came to my career. And I, I started to think about how much people were getting paid and Forgetting that I should even be thankful I had a job in a pandemic, mm-hmm. honestly, because I was looking at so many other things. And so, if you didn't listen to the Crown by God episode, it's only two episodes back. Running back, it is one of our bonus episodes, so it's only 10 minutes. And James 112 is what it was rooted in. And it's, it's truly a reminder as we continue to stretch, as we continue to strive for. Our purpose, what God has called us to be and who he's called us to be at work, it is going to be countercultural. It is going to feel weird. You're going to cry sometimes. You're going to need friends to listen to you. I have friends who I've sent some voice notes and I'm like, girl, I got to get this out. And I'm so thankful for them because they can talk me back to where I need to be. They bring me back to that James 112 mentality where it's like your boss is not who you get your affirmation from. Your clients are not who you get your affirmation from. Any email you get, all of it, that's not the end-all, be-all. doesn't have the final say. And it's comforting when you when you sit in it, when you get it, it's comforting. But the days when you're focused on what articles will tell you you need to be focused on, LinkedIn, all of that, when you're too zoned in on that, I think it's good to be aware because, again, it's rules to the game. But... When that's the focus and that's what your lens is tuned to, it can throw you off, sis. <laughs> It'll throw you
1: off. <laughs> I smile when you say that because it's, it's just, God told the world to have a seat in 2020. I think he, he needed us to sit down, have several seats and to think. Everything happens for a reason. I learned last year working in quarantine is that I needed to, I needed to focus. I was doing too much and I was heading in a direction that he didn't want me to head into. Everything you said is just spot on and focusing too much on what's happening in the world. It's good to be aware, but absolutely. It is very, we have to stay focused. That path is narrow. We have to remember that that path is narrow. The world is going to show us, the media is going to keep us entertained. The media is going to keep us Keep our emotions where where it needs to be, so that we can be distracted about what's really going on. And as believers, we have to remember to not get caught up with what's happening in the world. There needs to be a difference. We can't like there needs to be a difference between a person that's a follower of Christ than anybody anyone that's in the world. A follower of Christ would not get caught up in what's happening in the media. They would know that there's a bigger issue they wouldn't get caught up with all the different things that's going on and that and that's hard when you're working in advertising and marketing where that's their bread and butter so it's like your job is to be on the pulse of every all all the new trends mm-hmm. so how do you so it's a as a as a, per, a believer your faith how do you Main, how, how do you balance that when you're, you're taking, when you're asked to take trainings and participate in, in conversations and all of these subject matter experts that sometimes blatantly plagiarize the Bible and just don't give credit where credit is due? In my opinion where you you hear sound advice about the importance of of you know your vision board and all these different things and it's like there's some there they've been times where I've had my devotional time where I've been in prayer and in, in the word before I start my day and that's a practice that I I try to do every single day spending quality time in the word and in prayer before I start my my day and asking God uh, to mm-hmm. order my footsteps and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in his sight and making sure his word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. As I go out, as I get on, get up and leave my one room and go to a next room and get on these one Zoom and Teams call after another and deal with all these different situations that come my way that I don't lose sight of who I am and whose I am. So it's like, and, and I always have to remember that I'm, that I'm there for a reason. And that's where, and that is what, any believer that's in this corporate America um, game has to keep in mind that we're there for a purpose. I was at my company for a, my f- prior agency for a very long time, and there were times when things weren't going well that I made attempts to leave, and I, I was I got all the way to like a certain point, and God didn't allow it to happen. And when I think back on it now, it's because I was there for a reason. When He was ready for me to leave, destiny, He made it so easy. The process was so simple, so simple. It, it just, but when there were times where I think on three different occasions I made attempts, and after the third occasion, that's when I was like, "God, what's happening?" And and all I heard was, "Did I tell you it's time for you to move on from here?" And that's important. We, you know, we have to remember to seek Him first in everything. Ask before we do anything, we're supposed to bring it bring it to our father. Just like when you were a child and you couldn't you you had you couldn't leave before you did anything, you had to ask dad, you know, ask your parent, mom and dad, can I go hang out with my friends? Can I go bike riding? Whatever the case may be. They said no, it's no. They said yes, it's okay, but be home by nine o'clock or be home by eight o'clock, whatever the curfew was. It's the same exact thing, our eternal heavenly father, before we do anything. We should be asking him, and I'm, I'm still working on that because I, I we're human beings, so we're we're sinful by nature, so we forget. But we we and I feel like there was a time where I was separating who I was to try to get play this corporate America game, the world's way. So now it's like no, no, no. I have to. God has to be with me all the time. I have to. They have. I have to let my light shine everywhere I go. I can't turn this light off. I'm. I. This is not about me. So it, it's it's definitely every day is a struggle because you'll encounter things. People will ask you questions because I don't sell it. Like I said, I don't celebrate holidays. So when people ask questions, it's like sometimes it's like, do I explain or do I just say, hmm? sometimes I just say, you know, I don't celebrate, but I hope you had a good time. And because then it's like we have free will. So I'm not going to sit there and lecture someone about. You know my beliefs and why I don't do certain things or why I do certain things. Because when people, mm-hmm. people are not, people are, human beings, change is hard. So if you're, you're essentially telling someone that some, a holiday that they've been celebrating their entire life is not biblically founded on scripture, that's a hard pill to f- swallow. I recently came to the place where I stopped celebrating holidays because when I started really sitting down or reading the word, re- like questioning things like, why are we doing this? I've I've now isolated myself even more because what are you going to talk about? The banter, (laughs) you know, the banter that you normally have Monday morning when you're waiting for a Zoom call to start, they're going to talk about the show that everybody watched this weekend because that's what the world told you to watch. And it's like, Oh, Oh, everyone loves so-and-so. And And it's like, "Mm, no, I didn't. Oh, did you watch it? No. Well, I'm not a fan. You're not a fan of so-and-so. No, I'm not. So it's, it's, it's it's challenging, but you just have to, I'm learning now. Sometimes it's just best to, when these, when these conversations are happening, just to stay quiet and just, just using the, using discernment and wisdom, using discernment and wisdom to know when to say something and when not to say anything. Cause it's just, there's, there are a lot of things that, that happens at work that just blatantly goes against my beliefs. So I just don't participate. Well, we had an offsite meeting last year. They took, they were had a moment where they were going to do meditation, and the same the same colleague of mine was leading it. And I said, "May I be excused?" So I went and excused myself until they finished, and then I came back. So those, I didn't do that to make a statement. That, you know, I didn't. You know, I did for them. I did that because I didn't feel comfortable being there. It goes against what I believe in, and I and I know, and I know what what really what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know the spiritual implication of what they're doing, but I do. And I didn't want to bring that to my on myself. So it is definitely you're you're in that furnace, that fiery furnace, where Nebuchadnezzar threw the three Hebrew, Hebrew boys, and and you just have to just have your faith and just trust in God that He's going to protect you. You know, because he he said we're supposed to be chosen, we're supposed to be, you know, called out. We're not supposed to do what everyone else is doing. You know, Jesus. Not many people like Jesus. You read when you read the New Testament, he wasn't liked by a lot. Of, he had a great following, but there were a lot of people that didn't like him. And his word said that he didn't come to bring peace; he came to bring a sword. So that's the part where I think sometimes we forget that we want to be liked so much that we lay aside the biblical principles to play this corporate America game. But we have to remember that that's not, that's not what we're supposed to be doing as followers of Christ. As believers, we're supposed to be following the scripture and that scripture sometimes cause will cause where everyone is going, going left. You have to turn around and walk right because you know, from the word that that's what you're supposed to do and that, and then just trust God to Sustain your job and to make you because his word said that he would make you the head and not the tail. We were we are the head and not the tail. And once I figured that out, that regardless of just because I go I, I go against the grain a lot in my current job and and having a voice and being in the position that I'm in right now, I'm allowed to I'm able to do that even more than my prior position. And I'm I give God thanks and praise for that because I'm able I'm in a position where. I could I could be honest with our CEO. I could be honest with the managing director. I could be honest with the executive director. I feel like it's actually heard. I I don't always we don't always agree on things, but I always preface it with that I'm doing what's best for this agency. This is my job. It's not to not to be a yes person. It's not to go along with things that are not biblically sound and I'm going to remind you of what our values are with the values that you help right or that are in place for the organization. That's what, that's, I walk the talk. I don't, I don't just, I never want anyone to say to me that my actions don't align with my words. So I always try to make sure that I'm leading by example. And I'm in a position of leadership now to where that is important.
0: No, I'm thankful for it. And as we continue to grow into leaders, as we stand in Realizing the leadership that we have today in our current roles, our current positions, even in our side hustles, everything, it's important to know that. And what I heard was that you are armed when you know about the policies and procedures, when you understand the values of the company, the mission statement of the company, all those things, why they choose the partners that they work with, it arms you to be a better leader. It can arm you better than the people who are in leadership because are they hip to those things or are they looking, are they hungry for it? Do they feel like they're walking in purpose then they don't have, they possibly don't have the spirit guiding them on that journey. I recently, um, I spoke about this too, uh, four episodes ago, possibly. I was on our internet at work and I saw something and it sparked an idea and I got nervous to share it. And I was like, uh-uh, you, I felt like it wasn't my job. It was a talent team's job. And I'm like, y'all got the same internet as me. I was like thinking about all mm-hmm. these things. I'm like, but you have the idea. Type of email. It's one email. It's all you gotta do, and it went great, y'all. I didn't update you guys, but I sent the email out last time we talked about it. I didn't hear from the talent team yet, but I sent it like on a Friday. Um, she got back to me. I don't had like two meetings since then. Everything's been good, and it was off of me having the courage. First of all, having the knowledge of seeing something, of dialing in, and then once I got an idea, having the courage to share. There you go. Do not sit on stuff, y'all. We are called to be leaders. All of you guys are leaders. All of you guys care not only about yourselves, but the greater, like the people outside of you. That's why you listen to the show. That's why you hear things. You know certain things. It's not by mistake, but you cannot hold it just for you. And when you put it out, the idea, I'm not going to execute it. And I'm okay with that. Some of it, the companies already was executing. The rest of it, TBD. We'll see what happens. But I feel good simply off of sending the email that I was scared to send. That is me building Amen. up the power in my pros. That's me building up my yeah, voice. Exactly. That's me building up my leadership skills. And so, I just want to encourage you guys to lean into those small moments. I don't need to be the speaker on nobody's Zoom. <laughs> I don't need to be the one with the microphone today this week, next week. it's I'm still on the email send. You know what I'm saying? And as I continue to do that, getting stronger and stronger, having people that are higher and higher up in the company on things that I send out or in meetings that I have one-on-ones that I set up, it's building the equity. It's me playing the game, but I'm playing it death's mm-hmm. way.
1: Play- and God's I, way. that's what's <laughs> going to take me
0: further. Yeah, in God's way. And that's what's going to take me to another level, child, I hope. Because, I'm again, once be you able.
1: seek him first, he yeah. promised that we would be the head and not the tail. We have to keep... The thing about it we have to remember is to keep... God never keeps his... He's not a liar. Our God is not a liar. <laughs> so, whatever he He said, he would grant us the desires of our heart.
0: You right about that. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it from Keisha first. So, if there... We always have, like, a power tool... On the show, which is the lasting thought, one thing that we can do immediately after listening or to impart, whether it be a prayer, something that we take into work with us, having a conversation with a friend. And so after this so fruitful and such needed conversation... Is there one final thing or thought that you can leave us with as a power tool for this week? The
1: first thing that chopped in my spirit is to all things works together for the good Romans eight twenty eight that we always have to remember that. So when you have you're going to have good days and bad days. I wish everyone has amazing days in their professional career and grow and they grow and continue to do what they love and make an impact, a lasting impact in the community and make and and bring more and more young. Amazing, beautiful, bright, beautiful women of color into the industry, but always remember, stay true to that. That every, the situation might look like it's really, really bad at the time, but and everything always works out for the good. So just just staying true to who you are and who, most importantly, who you are, whose you are. That's those are my parting words.
0: Thank you so much for blessing us with this conversation. I'm going to have to run it back for myself (laughs) before I pop into work this week and I really hope that you guys it's empowering that you know, when you're at work, I don't believe that I always know who is subscribed to what at work. Sometimes I can take a guess by how people are acting, but I think that it's just amazing that we got to have this conversation with someone who's in my industry in HR who has the same beliefs as me reads the same bible as me like that's comfort i think that that's something we have to think about is not everybody is on the path that we're on but god's people are out here they're out here they are prayed up they are blessed up they are subscribed to him and that you're not the only one and of course again because of the spaces that we find ourselves in our workplaces um, there are certain things that are acceptable, not acceptable. Maybe we don't shout it out in in a certain way. Um but there's always a way.
1: God, also, God there's always a way.
0: <laughs> yeah, God's people are, are we're here. So I don't I don't want you guys to feel like you're the only one in your company who's a Christian. I thought that before. And it's not true. Mm-hmm. It's, not. it's not. So I just I just thank you for that. Because I think I needed this conversation to remember that. Because mm-hmm. some days You can truly forget. So I'm thankful for you, everything that you're doing, how you're owning your power, taking up space at work, being your authentic self, and then just honestly being a light for others as we're figuring out both our walks with Christ and then our walk at work, being professionals, being Black women. And speaking up and all the intricacies that come with those identities, mm-hmm. it's really, really nice to have somebody who is older, wiser, been there, done that, and is on the other side telling us that it's going to be okay. So for all the 20-somethings, we're going to make it, y'all.
1: You guys are going to be great. God bless you all. To God be the glory. Just, just remember to seek him first. Everything else is going to follow. Just seek him first. God bless you, Destiny.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Um, Everybody, make sure that you keep up with the show via Instagram at Power and Pros Podcast. If you have not subscribed to the Pros and Praise Pages newsletter, get into it. I don't know what you're waiting on. We share scriptures. Every newsletter is bi-weekly. I also put in writing prompts every now and then. And then I always have a creator's note so you can keep up with me outside of the show to know what's going on with me, what I'm thinking about, and just to give you a little bit of encouragement as you go throughout the week. So subscribe to that. Everything will be in the show notes. I hope you guys have a great week. Stay blessed and I'll catch you next time.